Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. That say you don't have a business, right? You can say you travel for work. You can use your personal credit card for your work travel, and then your work usually will reimburse you. So if you have the money to front or what you use your credit card, so you know, you should have the money to front and you will use your credit card for all work expenses and your job will usually refund you if you're traveling for work. So that's another way you can get your sign up bonus quick. Another way is if you're going out to eat with a large group, pay for everybody, just have everybody demo you, cash app you. You can pay for people's rent, pay for people's car notes. There's so many different ways you could do it organically without manufacturer spending. So I don't want people to think that manufacturer spending is the only way to get sign up bonus quick. Hello, travel hackers. You just heard a clip from Sheldon Martin. Sheldon retired from the corporate world at age 26 and now runs brands such as Lifestyle Credit Repair and Credit Millennial to teach others about travel hacking and credit. In this episode, Sheldon and I discuss what I am going to refer to as level 17 hacky hacks. These are the types of tricks that are far beyond even what I've attempted in my own personal travel hacking lifestyle. We are talking about the kinds of tricks that you would only know about if you are reading the fine print in credit law and regulation, which spoilers, most of us mortals do not. Today, Sheldon is giving us some samples of the types of tricks he teaches in his insider group to avoid annual fees, generate points and miles without increasing your budget, and more. Enjoy. Hey, Sheldon, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. We are so excited to have you here today. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Looking forward to giving you guys some good advice and tips. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your background, how you got into the points and miles game. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, my name is Sheldon Martin. I'm from San Diego, California. I'm currently 26 years old, play college football, have a couple of degrees. Um, I got into traveling and hacking because, um, you know, I always traveled the world growing up. I've been to over 30 states, but all of that was paid in full. Um, after I graduated college, um, you know, I had an entry level job. I didn't have, you know, the most money in the world. And I was on social media and came across, you know, credit card churning. So um, I was on social media and then I started searching that term on YouTube. And that's when I became more, I guess, knowledgeable and interested in travel hacking and what that consists of. And then I really just dove deep there, uh, bought a couple of courses from some, you know, people, some people that's been doing it for a long time online on Instagram. And then I kind of, yeah, just just dove in head first from there. Nice. What were some of the first cards that you dove into when you first got started? Yeah. So my first starter card, which is not a travel hacking card, was a Navy Federal card. My first travel hacking card was the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. Um, it was a 60,000 point signup bonus um, after you spent, I think, $4,000 in the first four months. Um, and then as soon as I got that signup bonus, that 60,000 points, I was in love with that aspect of, you know, spending money that I wasn't overspending. I was spending money on, you know, things like food and restaurants and so forth. And then I just love the aspect that I can travel for free with these points. And that's when I really started the, the whole journey there. So when you say you dove in head first, was it like five cards at a time or turning yeah. them every other month? Or did you start like one card at a time, a couple of cards in a year? What was kind of yeah. your process for the first year or so that you started traveling? For sure. For sure. So my first full year, um, I'll give you an overview of how many cards I got my first full year, and then I'll go back. So my first full year, I probably obtained 
I would say at least 15 cards in one year. Uh, 15 credit, yeah, 15 credit cards in one year. And the reason why I was able to do that is because I joined a course which taught me different hacks, how to hide inquiries or how to, um, you know, how to get multiple cards off of one hard inquiry. And, you know, just basically, uh, I don't want to say trick the system, but we use these great areas that help us as travel hackers. So um, I got the Chase Sapphire Preferred first. And that was the only card I applied for. I got the uh, Capital One Venture card second. That was I applied for that one card by itself. After that, I started to apply to cards in twos and threes. Um, of course, cards where I can get multiple cards with one hard inquiry. So that's how I started to strategize around, you know, travel hacking and getting several cards with different banks. Nice. And what year was this that you did this? I've been travel hacking for two years now or three years now. So my first year was maybe 2016, but I went like all in in 2018. Like when I started learning more about the hacks and like a lot of the stuff that a lot of people don't know was really in 2018. That's really when I started to elevate like the travel hacking game. Nice. And so you got Chase Sapphire Preferred and you said the Capital One Venture. And when you were getting two to three cards at a time, were you also closing down cards and then just reopening them to get the sign up bonus? Yeah, that's the funny thing. I was, I was not. I wasn't actually. I, I still have. I think um, to this day, I've never closed down any card. I never closed out any card. Um, part of travel hacking and credit hacking, um, part of it is that we learn how to waive our annual fee. So I know a lot of people think like, hey, you have you got 15 cards in one year. I know these are not all basic entry-level cards, so they must come on an annual fee. How do you afford to pay all those annual fees? One of the parts of travel hacking and credit hacking, credit hacking that I teach and that I've learned is how to waive annual fees. So I don't necessarily need to close down those cards because I'm not paying the annual fee and I get all the benefits from that card. Do you generally just call the credit card company? Because I've had luck with that this year. A lot of the cre- the credit cards that we have are geared towards traveling. So yeah. if you just call the credit card companies and say, hey, don't know if you noticed that I can't really travel this year. Do you waive my fee or do some kind of tension? There's uh, there's two sides of it. Um, you have, you know, your traditional travel hacker that or that likes to travel that knows a little bit about credit cards and points. They'll call and say, hey, you know, I feel like I'm not getting my value from this card. I don't can you basically lower the annual fee or waive it? That's not actually, I mean, that's one way we can do it. But what we actually do is there's like secrets in place that Obama put in place. When Obama was president, he put a law in place. It's called the um, Credit Card Act of 2009, I believe. And basically what that act says is that no credit card company can charge you an annual fee if your credit limit is 25% of the annual fee. So all you essentially have to do is say you have two Chase cards, right? In the same family. So you have a Chase Freedom um, unlimited and you have a Chase Sapphire Preferred that comes with a $95 annual fee or a Chase um, Sapphire um, or Reserve, I think now it's $550 annual fee. So what you'll do is, say you have a $13,000 credit limit on the reserve, you can actually reallocate those funds and just leave $500 on the reserve and reallocate those funds to the Chase Freedom. And basically you have the Chase Freedom with a large credit limit and the Chase Reserve with only a $500 credit limit. Um but with that being said, they cannot charge you the annual fee because your credit limit is not high enough to charge you the annual fee. So they'll waive it. So if you've already paid it, they'll reimburse you. And if you haven't paid it, they won't charge you because it's illegal for them to do so. And then you just keep reallocating no. your credit limits? Nope. So I don't need to ask, I don't necessarily need to reallocate all the time because um because I'm doing it with different families. So as long as I have at least more than one car with that same bank. 
then I can reallocate the funds from the, the high annual fee card to the free card or the cheaper annual fee card. So if you have a Chase Sapphire Reserve, mm-hmm. which has a 550 fee, and then you lower your credit limit down to $500, doesn't that just make that card useless? Not necessarily, because remember, you already you only do this after you get the sign-up bonus. Um, and then also another thing with travel hacking is we get, well, I've learned how to travel hack and get the sign-up bonus without spending my own money. So I can literally get, uh, say I have to spend $4,000 to get 50,000 points or 60,000 points. I can get that in one or two weeks without even spending my own money through a method called manufacturer spending. And these are all legal methods, of course. They're just a lot of things that are not, we don't teach on YouTube. Um, but with that being said, the card, you've already got your sign-up bonus. Once you get your sign-up bonus, then you would transfer you would transfer the the credit limit over to the, the free card. And remember, right now, if you get a Chase Sapphire Reserve, I think, what is that? Three points back on travel, three points back on food and restaurants. There's other free cards or cheaper cards in 550 to get those same rewards back. So essentially, yes, you will miss out on the spending power because you only have $500, but you a dinner is only going to cost $100, $200. You can literally spend the card on a dinner, pay it off that day or pay it off the next day whenever it hits your, your statement. So you're not paying interest. And it still does the same purpose. You just don't have the the aspect to spend ten thousand dollars on that card, but that's that misses the purpose of the travel hacking. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So if you're just using it for restaurants or groceries or something exactly. like that, I mean the the Chase Freedom Flex has five X on groceries exactly. these days. But a lot of people use the Chase Sapphire Reserve so that they can get um, the travel insurance exactly. whenever you, you pay like a little bit of an air mm-hmm. airfare on your Chase Sapphire Reserve, then the whole thing is covered. Even if you're paying for, like, let's say it's a $900 flight, if you have $899 of it covered in points and then you only have to pay $1, mm-hmm. you can put that $1 on your Chase Sapphire Reserve yep. and still have the entire thing insured through travel insurance through the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Exactly. So with that being said, you can, yes, that is true, but we also have, you know, you have a lot of other cards as well. I know what you're saying with the travel insurance, but like you can even get the United, the they have a Chase United card that comes with travel insurance and it's $95 a year for the annual fee and the first year is waived. So it's essentially it's a free car for the first year. Um, and you still can use that. It depends if you travel with United and so forth. But um, there's a lot of other cars that are cheaper that still comes with that travel insurance. But that's a that's a solid point, though. It's just what I do is just a way to get points quickly without paying expensive annual fees. So I don't have to close cars down. I can keep the car to keep the benefits that come with it, such as priority pass or whatever the case may be. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And so I know you mentioned the worst manufacturer spend, and I always ask people, what is your general advice for people to not get in trouble with manufactured spend? Because a lot of people will dive in head first and be like, I'm going to churn 7K a day, and my bank has now shut me down. Why did this happen? I heard on this podcast the worst manufactured spend, and then I read a shady Reddit article. What would you tell those people? Yeah, so I've run into my own mistakes, and I've learned from my mistakes, because um, that's what a lot of people do. They hear about this cool thing, manufactured spend, and they end up getting their car shut down. So First and foremost, if you're going to manufacture spend, there are certain banks you want to make sure that you have a checkings account with, um, which is going to be Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank uh, or Citibank. Um, so Wells Fargo is the one I go with. Wells Fargo is very lenient with money services or anytime you have a large transaction, the money services being refunded or deposited into your bank. Wells Fargo is a good bank for a checkings account so they won't shut your account down. Another thing is you never want to manufacture spend over $10,000 in one day. The reason being is because anything over 10K is looked at differently from 
an audit perspective. So you want to make sure you're not spending or investing or manufacture spending over 10K in one day. Ideally, you know, if you are going to manufacture spend, you want to make sure that you are not you're doing it with the right companies because there's different ways to manufacture spend. You have gift card manufacturer spending. You have retail manufacturer spending. Uh, a lot of people, the information that's online is gift card manufacturer spending, not retail manufacturer spending. But you just always want to make sure that you don't spend over 10K. You want to make sure that you're doing it with a Wells checkings account or a city checkings account. Also want to make sure that ideally, if you're going to use, if you're doing retail manufacturer spending, ideally you want to use Visa with Visa. You know how you have MasterCard credit cards. If you if you have a Visa debit card, you want to make sure you're using the Visa credit card, ideally, if you are manufacturer spending. And then know what stores to go to. Every store you can't manufacture spend at. So you just will have to go online if you can find it or join some type of course, paid course that will teach you what stores you can actually manufacture spend at across the U.S. Makes sense. And it's also highly dependent on your geography. So, exactly. for example, I live in Jersey mm-hmm. County. And at Walmart, really, there's like a key link in manufacturer spending where Walmart is one of the few places that still lets you mm-hmm. money order yeah. spending. Yeah. And if you don't have Walmarts around you, that is just not going to happen. Very true. Very true. That and then also, even with the money order, when you do the gift card, you got to know what gift card to get. A lot of them is going to be um, Simon. Simon is a company that owns a lot of malls and, and outlet malls and stuff. The reason why you should do it with Simon gift cards is because... They show up on a credit card statement as a mall purchase, not a gift card purchase. And when you're looking at a lot of the credit card um, rules and regulations, they state that you cannot game the system. You're not going to get points by buying gift cards. So that's how you trick the or use the gray area is you got to know what malls to go, what credit, what gift cards to get. That's going to show up on your statement as a as a mall purchase or outlet purchase, not a gift card purchase. If you're going with the the that spending, which I necessarily don't do too often. And then how do you liquidate the Simon Mall gift cards? Do you just go to the mall and sit or what? Yeah. So um, the Simon Mall gift cards, how do I liquidate it? So like I said, I don't do that method that often just because there's a lot of opportunity costs that I'm losing out on. That being said, you can get the Simon gift cards um, from the Simon Mall. And then from there, you just want to make sure that you go to a Walmart um, or something that has a money order. A lot of people go to Walmart because... The money orders are the cheapest at Walmart. But that being said, that's how you liquidate it. You'll go to the Walmart. You will get the money orders. Remember, you only can get, I believe, $500 per money order. Um, from there, what you will have to do is once you get the money order, you would put the money order in your Wells Fargo debit account. And then you will pay off your credit card with the Wells Fargo's debit account. So that's how you liquidate it. It's a long process. And that's why I don't do it. The retail manufacturer spending is a whole lot easier. But... That is how you would liquidate if you did the gift card manufacturer spending. Makes sense. And for anybody who's like, that doesn't seem bad. I'm just going to go buy a whole bunch of Simon Mall gift cards. And then I'm just going to turn them into money orders at Walmart. And then I'm going to walk into with a suitcase for yeah. money. Don't do that. Um, like I said, if you, it's a, the retail manufacturer spending is a whole lot more under the radar a whole lot uh, more easier. And you can invest at a whole, a higher level. The gift card way is cool, but it just, you have to drive here. You have to drive there. You got to go to the bank. You have to go to Walmart. You have to go. It's just a lot of work. Um, so, I mean, if you're trying to get your sign up bonus quick, that is an option, but there are other options. So with retail spending, do you mean buying and selling? So retail, uh, and this is a soup. So, I, you know, this is something I usually wouldn't say, but um, just because uh, it's, it's just something that we don't put on the online because we it's just super 
it's a super good method. So retail would be like you go to Apple, right? You go to Apple. Um, what you will do is you will say you get one or two MacBooks. What you can do is you can actually, when you buy the MacBook, say it came up to $6,000, you will put $100 on your, um, your debit card and then you'll put the remaining on your credit card. So what happens is when you buy that, you, you basically, you have a split tender purchase, right? So you will take that back the next day, the same day, two days later. And when you take it back, you will get the money refunded on your debit card, not your credit card. So your credit card company, they don't know that you refunded the item because the money was all returned on your debit card, not your credit card. So from there, when the money's returned on your debit card, you'll just pay off your credit card with your debit card. So it's zero balance. Like you're not losing any money. And then you're making all the money because you got maybe three. If you have an Apple card, you got three times back on the Apple card and you got your sign up bonus, which Apple, the Apple card doesn't have. But that's how you can you've spent six thousand dollars or five thousand and nine hundred dollars within two days. You got your sign up bonus in one day and you got all the points outside of the sign up bonus as well. So that's retail manufacturer spending. And that one, you just have to know what stores to go to to, to do it. And you don't incur all the fees. Yeah, the money order fee. You don't. It's th- when you get the gift cards. There's three ninety five per gift card. You only can max. You only can put five hundred dollars on each gift card. So there's just a lot of you know hidden fees and opportunity costs that comes with the gift card manufacturer spending. With retail manufacturer spending, you don't incur any fees. In the worst case scenario, say you go to a place and you went to like you said, every MS is location based. So say you went to a location where the manager just wasn't having it. Worst case scenario, you'll just return it all. You lo- you don't lose any money. You don't make any money, but you don't lose any money. You go to a different Apple or you go to a different Walmart. You go to a different, whatever the case may be. But keep in mind, one of the key points here is that some a lot of stores don't, you cannot retail MS at a lot of stores because what they would do is they will automatically refund you all the money on the car you spent the most. So you have to know what stores you can go to because only some stores allow you to actually like, you know, put your card in and they refund it on the card that, they think that you use or whatever the case may be. This is yeah. fascinating. So let's let's go backwards a little bit. How did you learn all of this? What, yeah. what did you major in in college? Uh, because you said you yeah. had two degrees. I assume one of them is not gift card manufacturer spend and the other is not a double major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manufacturer spend. What did you and what was kind of your career path to get into? Yeah, so um, I have a, a my or I have a bachelor's degree in business. Um, I have a master's degree in business and finance. So that's finance is the um, uh, it's a business master's degree, but finance is like the the industry or the specific route I took. And as far as how did I learn all of this, it was literally like I learned about credit card training. So your your typical travel hacking stuff, opening up credit cards, closing them. I started you know hashtagging stuff on Instagram, and I found out about these. Basically, we have like a small network of people that know about like these manufacturer spending techniques. And I bought one of their courses. We call it a close friends group. So basically on Instagram, you can create a close friends group where you only certain people can see your story. So um, I paid into that. He was a, a younger guy than me, actually. And then I joined another mentorship program, which another younger guy than me as well. And I learned about some of these high level strategies. Um, and this is just manufacturer spending. There's so many other things such as how to waive annual fees. And I've actually created my own close friends group now where I teach people. I have about 70 people in my close friends group at this time. And I teach them all these travel hacks and credit hacks and so forth. But yeah, that's kind of like my journey where I've been now and in credit repair. Uh, like I said, I have a bit master's in finance. I started off helping people out with their investments and their stocks. What I noticed was that I was 22 years old with a master's degree. It was hard to get clients my age because all young people want to do is travel. They're not worried about their retirement. It was hard for me to get older clients because they were like, hey, you're 22. Why would I trust you to 
to help me with my investments. That's when I shifted over to credit repair because I'm like, everybody from the age of 18 to to your so you're not living anymore needs credit. So it's going to be easier for me to get clients and I'm going to make a whole lot more money because I'm going to be able to work with younger people and older people. So that's how I got into credit repair in the credit space. Your Instagram is mm-hmm. quite the following on Instagram. Is that just from marketing yourself yeah, yeah. to people about credit repair? Is this through different yeah. networks or how do you get your message out about yeah. So I have a couple of different brands um, and a couple of different websites. Um, so I literally try to monetize my brand based off of my my uh, the brand I'm preaching about. So remember, I told you I started off with finance. So I have an investing one-on-one course for beginners that I monetize on um, my Instagram, Money the Millennial Way. And then I have my main Instagram, which is Credit Sheldon. That's more of my travel hacking and credit repair. So I make a lot of, I try to give a lot of free value in my videos so I get followers and I use a lot of hashtags as well. So using the hashtags and giving a lot of free value information that people wouldn't know, you give them just enough to get interested, but you don't give them, but you don't give them everything. So where they still will buy your product or your ebook or your online product, whatever the case may be. So that's how I started to get a lot of followers because I just provided a lot of free value up front with a lot of videos, shooting a lot of content a lot of travel stuff. Yeah. I'm just kind of selling that experience and living the, actually living my life, not like acting like I'm living the life, you know? That's a great thing about travel hacking is we're actually exactly. on flights and business exactly. class and then nice hotels. Yeah. Out studio on private jet. That's apparently that's a big thing. All the time that's a huge here. thing. For entrepreneurs. That's like, cause the, like I said, they're trying to sell experience. Oh, I'm on a private jet. I'm on a private jet, but there's only 1% can afford that. And if you, and if, I mean, there are hacks with private jets too, that's another thing that people don't know. Like you, there's like a real private jet where it's like your private jet. And then there's one where you have, you get empty legs where it's like you and like 10 other people, but you just have somebody take a picture on you where you're on there first or something. And it looks like it's your jet. So it's just misconceptions. People just use a lot of mind games to try to sell products, but I try to stay away from that. But I do understand where they're coming from as long as they're not going too far with it, you know? Makes sense. So speaking of, what is your favorite redemption that you've ever had through travel? Huh. So I went to Thailand um, last year, uh, me and another individual, we went for a birthday and I think we got, it was through United Points and one little hack about United, when you use points, say you go to Thailand, Thailand, a lot of the common destinations is you've got um, uh, Bangkok and uh, Phuket, right? So we, what a lot of people don't know is that if you're using points with United, you can book that flight for free from Bangkok to Phuket and back from Phuket, Phuket back to Bangkok. Totally free because they have something called, um, I can't think of the specific name for it, but if it's within a certain radius as far as mileage in the air, then you can literally fly for free within that distance because you're using your points and that's just like a benefit they have. So I think we paid, we ended up paying $80 we ended up paying $80. So it was $40 a person for taxes. And we ended up, I think, paying like 60,000 points. So it was like 30,000 points each for a round trip. And we were in, we were not in first class or business class, but we were literally in that first seat behind with the extra leg room. So we paid 60,000 points for two, 60,000 points, United points for two, for two round trip tickets. And we only had to pay $80 in taxes and fees. And we had the extra leg space because I have the United club card. And that allows me to get preferred seating and all that stuff. So Los Angeles to Bangkok and then Bangkok to Phuket, Phuket back to Bangkok and then Bangkok back to Los Angeles. Nice. I've seen I've seen one of those where you can get the middle leg for free. And I kind of stumbled across that hack. Like I was like, oh, this is free. Oh, wow. I might as well. We might as well do it. 
So that is an excellent tip about the free United segment flight once you're going between regions within the same region. Any other particularly memorable redemptions that you've had? Um, health days or anything? I would say that's my my best one. A lot of the other times, like with me, um, like like I said, you have your traditional travel hacker that's trying to get the best value, the best redemption. But to me, it's a little bit different because with the manufacturer spending, if I know I have a trip coming up, I can literally just manufacture spend for like a month and and just rack up points like crazy. So, I mean, I do want to get a decent value. Um, I'm not going to like go use my points on like the the mall, the Chase Mall or nothing like that. But um, with that being said, you know, some quick tips, like I said, you know, I would always I will always try to use travel partners. That's, that's going to be ideal. Um, if you don't know what travel partners are listening to this, you can Literally go on any website, whether it's Chase, American Express, they usually partner with different partner airlines, hotels, and so forth. And the best usually way to get the most value for your points is to use travel partners and travel those points off from the Chase portal to that travel platform. So that'll be the ideal way. Um, and there's other ways as well, but that would be like the biggest tip. And I think also the biggest tip there is never, never redeem your points for gift cards and Just stuff like that. Yeah. Try to use it on, you know, don't use it on things in the mall and clothes and shoes and yeah. Most definitely. I totally agree. Totally agree. Travel hacking points should be used for getting free travel. Yep. That's how you're going to get the best redemption. If yep. you are absolutely exactly. desperate, you can use a swipe statement exactly. credits off of your statement. But yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Credit. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make when they start this journey. Yeah, so totally agree. So what's your go-to card these days if a lot yep. of your more expensive cards to avoid annual fees yeah, have true. credit um, so low that you're not... I would say my go-to card these days is um, I use my my Chase Sapphire Preferred frequently if I'm going out to eat. Um, also, I like the City Double Cash just because it's a free card. It, it gives you two per basically two percent cash back on everything. So no matter what the spending category is, I like that one. Yeah, I mean, I think those are the cards I use pretty frequently. Um, I, I use business cards as well, but I know this is probably probably going to talk about personal cards here, so I'm not going to get into the business cards, but I also. Um, just one business. One is my MX uh, business gold card, just because it gives four points uh, cash back on two different spending categories. Um, and if you run ads for your business, I run a lot of ads for my business. So four times cash back is a lot of money if you're spending a decent amount of money. And then um, also like four times back on travel or restaurants. So I, I like that card as well for like a business card. So those are my three top cards at this time. Nice. And speaking from the business standpoint, what other ways can you leverage your business to generate points and miles? Just ads is going to be a big one. Um, so say, you know, I'll just give an example. Say you're spending $500 a week in ads. You know, you're getting four four times cash back on five. So $500 a week, say that's four weeks in a month. That's basically you're spending, you know, $2,000 a month in ads, but your business is making $10,000 off that $2,000 ad. So you're making $8,000 profit from the $2,000 ad. So you're basically getting all the points, the, the four times cash back on the $2,000 that you're spending on top. And that's going to go all towards travel, whatever you want to use it towards. On top of that, you're making money from the ads because you're reaching a broader audience. So that's like a, a two-way streak there. Um, if you travel for work and then another big one that I use as well, that say you don't have a business, right? You can say you travel for work. You can use your personal credit card for your work travel and then your work usually will reimburse you. So if you have the money to front or what you use your credit card. So, you know, you should have the money to front and you will use your credit card for all work expenses and your job will usually refund you if you're traveling for work. So that's another way you can get your sign up bonus quick. Another way is if you're going out to eat with a large group, pay for everybody, just have everybody demo you, cash app you. You can pay for people's rent. 
pay for people's car notes. There's so many different ways you could do it organically without manufacturer spending. So I don't want people to think that manufacturer spending is the only way to get signed up on this quick. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's such a good tip too. That's how I started off with my first two cars, the cap, the um, Chase Sapphire Preferred and the Capital One Venture. It was all, I didn't really know about MS at that time or manufacturer spending. It was all like asking people that I trust, like, hey, let me pay your rent or let me pay your car note. Let me pay this bill. Let me pay that bill. Do you have a, a trip you want to go on? And I just got reimbursed. So I'm spending other people's money to get my travel points. Well, and I'm also reaching towards my sign up bonus. Um, and yeah, so it's just killing all the birds in one stone, like without spending your own money. So that's definitely yeah. how I would recommend and how a lot of people would recommend you start out if you're trying to get a lot of points. This has been so valuable. You have taught me so much. Yeah. I'm sure all of the listeners are going to get so much out of this. With <laughs> all of the travel hacking knowledge that you have wrapped yeah. up in the short yeah, time that you're sure. doing this, because it's only been like two or three years. How would you summarize all of your travel hacking knowledge into a I would say um, just make sure you are educating yourself. Um, use YouTube as a resource, um, but you also want to make sure you're doing your own you know, um, your own self-education um, and just make sure you're getting the best re- best redemption for your points. So I think that'll be like the, the key things, um, best redemption, do your own research, self-educate yourself. And if you want to learn more, you know, more higher level strategies, then it's okay to invest in, you know, mentors or invest in a course or some type of close fringe group that will teach you higher level strategies because you'll probably get back way more than what you spend on, a course or a mentor. So that's, I guess that's how I'll kind of wrap everything up in one paragraph there. Yeah. Nice. Those are all excellent tips. And speaking of friends and mentors, can you nominate one person you'd like to give a travel yeah. shout out to somebody whose advice you have? For sure. Um, I'll have to do two just because that's where I get a lot of my information from. So Xander, uh, Xander Cruz, I believe is his last name. That's one person. Um, I believe he's out of, he's from, I think, Philadelphia or something, but he lives in, I think, Texas at this time. And then um, uh, his name is, I can't think of it. I know his Instagram name is King Credit. Um, he is a travel hacker. He's uh, he's based in um, LA, I think Los Angeles or or uh, something around, somewhere around there at this time. So both of those people, Xander Cruz, and then um, the credit or the Instagram name, King Credit. Those are the two people I'll shout out here. All right. Yeah. Um, so for so travel hacking and credit hacking related stuff, it'll be Credit Sheldon. So you can find me at there on Instagram. Um, I have we have websites. Um, CreditMillennial.com is my travel and credit hacking website where I basically show people how to travel for free, how to leverage your credit to create income, how learn about business credit, learn how to repair your own credit. So all these different things in one course. So that's where you can find me and ask any questions that you guys may have. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards or other tools mentioned on today's call piqued your interest, please use the links in the show notes to apply or to learn more about any of the cards. Commissions earned from these signups help to support the podcast. Additionally, the single best travel hack I can recommend is finding friends who can show you about even more travel hacks, and it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 
And if you would like to meet even more travel hacking friends, come join one of our travel hanging hangouts. We discuss behind the scenes tips, celebrate each other's wins, and mostly just enjoy being around other people who enjoy this hobby just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, just head over to geobreeze slash hangouts and sign up to be on the invite list. See you there, take care and happy travels.